It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Ryan Bonaparte. And we are coming to you uh, Thursday evening. Purdue now has an opponent for their Friday at noon Eastern game. And, uh, Ryan, I, I didn't pay attention to any of the games today. Can you tell me who that opponent is? Uh, yeah, we're going to get sweet, sweet Another chance at uh, victory over Rutgers. Great. Rutgers and Purdue basketball. <laughs> Nothing bad has ever happened when these two teams have met. So uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But first, um, you know, there are now, there's now been four games completed in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, we're currently uh, watching Penn State and Illinois play, uh, but that one is not yet over. Currently a very tight game. Uh, Ryan is, has been running the bracket challenge that we put out on Twitter and had uh, 20-some folks enter uh, on short notice, including, I believe, everyone on our staff. So, um, mm-hmm. Ryan, how are things looking? How are people doing? Well, if this is any uh, indication of how we're going to be doing for the overall bracket challenge, we should not put money in. <laughs> Expand on that. Give me more information. Um. So, four games have been played so far in the Big Ten Tournament, and in all of the entries, no one has gotten more than half of the uh, games right. Okay, alright. So. I mean, in in fairness, the lower seed has won every game, 
And mm-hmm. that has never happened in the history of the Big Ten tournament that the lower seed has won the first four games. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unprecedented, but I mean, we're still we're still calling it wrong. A couple couple people already have their uh, champion is knocked out. Oof. Yeah. So that has to. Have, I was gonna say it has to have been Iowa because surely mm-hmm. no one had Ohio State uh, winning it all or Wisconsin. I, I can't imagine, right. so. I I will say one of the H&R writers, not going to say which one, had Nebraska in their championship game, so it, they well, are out. It wasn't me. It wasn't it me. It was we, not me. It was not either of us. We did, we did ours on the air, so uh, we mm-hmm. know that it was neither of us, so that is a good sign at least. Right. Yep. Not going to throw anyone under the bus today. Okay, good, good. So <laughs> I'll tell you, I mean – for those who remember the last episode, uh, and we went through our picks, I am 0 for 4. Uh, mm-hmm. I missed every single game. Uh, I picked Wisconsin. I picked Nebraska. I picked Michigan. And I picked Iowa. So I am literally 0 for 4 right now. Um, in the game that is going on, Penn State-Illinois, I had Penn State. And in the late game that is coming up after this, I picked Maryland. Uh, as we said, no idea how either of those are going to end up right now. Uh, but man, I, it, <laughs> I could end up looking 0 and 6 over over the two first two days, and that would be just horrendous. Yeah, they can't say much anyway. I I've picked one correct game so far. Yeah, and oof. I don't even sure, I'm not even sure I'm happy about that pick. Which I don't even remember which one it was. It was the Rutgers game. Oh, right. So, not sure I'm actually happy to see Rutgers. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. So, Big Ten Tournament is wild. It's been fun. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was able to watch uh, the majority of the Michigan-Rutgers uh, game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've ever seen a team play as bad offensively in a second half as Michigan. With... With, like, a minute to play, they had made two field goals. Yeah, out of 18. Yeah, so they wound up in the second half, they made four field goals for the entire half. And mm-hmm. their their first field goal they made with about five minutes gone gone by in the, in the second half, and then they didn't make another one until about a minute and a half or two minutes left in the game. It, yeah, and for whatever reason, they stopped giving the ball to their best player. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like Dickinson, Dickinson wasn't getting touches, and mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why because it's not like the game was out of hand and they needed just nothing but threes. I mean, as terrible as they were playing, Rutgers couldn't pull away. So mm-hmm. it was just incredible that they stayed in the game despite uh, only having one free throw for you know almost the entire second half. Or I'm sorry, one field goal. Right. Yeah. It's- it was just mind-boggling. I mean, it kind of goes to show um, coaching does matter in the tournament. Um, if I was Jawan Howard, I would be saying get the ball to our best player right. rather than let you know Kobe Bufkin and my own son shoot and jack up threes and miss you know many times in a row. Yeah. Like, I get Rutgers has a really good defense. They have probably the best defense in the big 10 but you gotta do something and you gotta go to your bread and butter when 
he's the reason you had the lead in the first place. Right. Well, I mean, he's he's the reason you're where you are in the conference standings, where you are even on the bubble, and mm-hmm. suddenly you go away from him, and it just didn't really make any sense to me. And now he's gonna have to uh, play in the NIT. It looks like. Yeah, and I hate Rutgers for making me have to defend him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not something I think uh, you would ever expect to have heard on this podcast. A defense, mm-hmm. a defense of Hunter Dickinson coming up today on the Boiler Alert podcast. Not, not exactly uh, what the what the listeners are here for. Feel gross. Yeah, I do that. too. Yeah. I do too. In a shower. Um. So, you know, we gotta we gotta see a lot of the Rutgers game today, uh, mm-hmm. both of us, and obviously Purdue Rutgers going to be tomorrow, noon Eastern, 11 Central. You will be in attendance there at the United Center. Mm-hmm. What what can we expect from this Rutgers team compared to when Purdue and Rutgers played um, earlier in the Big Ten season? Obviously, we know what happened in that game. Purdue lost 65-64. to 64. Um, What is different about the Rutgers team we're going to be facing on Friday? Yeah, well, the major difference is they... Rutgers will be without Mawat Mag. He exactly. suffered an ACL injury. He's going to be out. He played 15 minutes in the first time, uh, meeting and scored two points. But anytime one of your forwards is out against Purdue, that's not great because you really need depth against Zach Eady and company. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if Purdue's game plan is going to be to attack Cliff Amaru- or Amore. I always say I'm a Rui. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, in fairness to you, it is sort of spelled that way. Right, exactly. But if they attack Cliff Amore and get him into foul trouble, that's one less guy you have uh, in, for depth in your uh, for your big men. So we'll see how that plays out. But Rutgers, their style of play hasn't changed. They are still going to be a defensive trap you, make you take tough shots team. And they showed that against uh, Michigan today. They showed it throughout the season. It's just a matter of can they score enough points? Yeah. Or do they run into a just, you know, a juggernaut of an offense who can get around their press? Yeah. This was the first game Purdue really had a incredibly difficult time with the press just because uh, Rutgers has some really long and you know athletic guards who can trap you and just make you pay for that um, pay for not bringing the ball up quickly plus you got two freshman guards for Purdue you know they weren't too used to it at the time. They better be used to it by now. Yeah, it's kind of been everybody's bread and butter against Purdue. So yeah, they have yeah. struggled at times, but they seem to have gotten better over time. Yeah, it's something that Purdue has seen basically every game uh, since it was kind of exposed as a problem by Rutgers, uh, among mm-hmm. others. So I, I took a look at the box score from today's Michigan game versus Purdue uh, Rutgers earlier in the conference season. And obviously, like you said, Mag is not going to be playing. He uh, is out for Rutgers. But you just look at the difference uh, from a shooting perspective from Rutgers. Uh, when Purdue and Rutgers played, uh, they shot 43% from the floor. Today, they shot 39%. So you're like, okay, that's not that big of a difference. Here's where it gets um, 
big for Purdue. In that first game, 6 of 14 from 3 for 42%. Today, against Michigan, just 5 of 18 for 27%. So, if mm-hmm. if Rutgers has a shooting game like that against Purdue, I'm much more confident um, in Purdue's ability to walk out of there, uh, walk out of the United Center with a win. But it it's just it's not something I feel you can ever count on for a Purdue opponent is to have a poor shooting night. So uh, right. I, I'm pretty worried about that. Um, you know, it, I know Rutgers has shooters. Rutgers has guy. Rutgers has guys who can. Uh, who can make threes in Cam Spencer. Um, Mulcahy, of course, can do it as well. Uh, Mulcahy did get poked in the eye uh, today, but I I think he should be fine. He's probably going to be back out without a problem. But uh, looked rough for him for a minute there at the end of the game, but um, I don't expect there to be any lingering effects from that. So those are the two that worry me from a shooting perspective. And uh, uh, obviously Cam Spencer was the one who hit the big three against Purdue uh, at the end of that game. So uh, I would love to get a little revenge on both Spencer and Rutgers in general. Right, and when you mentioned shooting, part of the reason Purdue lost in this game was their free throw shooting, too. They went 19-28 of 28 yeah. in the first meeting, and when you miss nine free throws, you leave yourself open for this kind of upset. So, well, yeah, you, you miss hey, nine free throws and you lose by one. Yeah, exactly. So if they can settle that a little bit more i'd feel more comfortable but it's been up and down for free throws and shooting the ball with purdue so you know i don't think anyone any normal purdue fan goes into this game feeling great but you feel like it's you know definitely possible and you should expect to win but it's never close is it no yeah i mean it's I think as a Purdue fans, I think we go into most games at this point expecting to win, um, and I think that's just fine, but we also have to understand Rutgers has given Purdue problems for like, about the last three seasons, um, and it's right. been tough each and every time. Rutgers is a talented team. As you said earlier, they're long, they're athletic, they've got a lot of defenders, um, what, who, who's the guy who they were talking about all day today, who is just a steel machine? Um, and uh, is, Caleb McConnell. Yeah. McConnell. He's, uh, close to setting the Rutgers all time record for number of steals in a career. He played 36 minutes time, today. What's that? Two time defensive player of the yeah, year in the big yeah. time. Two time defensive player of the year. So you know what you're getting when he comes on the floor and he is going to be a problem for the young guards from Purdue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were in the first game. I mean, Rutgers had nine steals in the first time around. So I I like to think that in two months' time that the freshmen have developed further and know how to beat a press and know the importance of ball security in this game, especially for a team that Rutgers doesn't score that many points, and if you take away transition points from them, it's even harder. Yeah. So, yeah, I because think down low should defend Amore. <laughs> <clears throat> um, hey, you know what? That's Amore. defend him well. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, if Edie's defending Amore, that's one of their major weapons. So, this is where they need to start relying on other players. 
to beat Purdue, and that's not their bread and butter. No. If you limit their defense turn to offense, you're in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point about steals, steals are so mm-hmm. crucial for what Rutgers does because those are you know live ball turnovers where Rutgers generally has numbers, and they're generally going to get easy shots out of it. And right. it's it's how it's how Rutgers stayed in that first Purdue game uh, for such a long time and ultimately allowed them to stay around and then put them in a position where a guy like Cam Spencer could hit that three um, as time wound down to put them in the lead. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, I said it earlier in the pod, Cam Spencer and Mulcahy. Mulcahy absolutely was crushing Purdue in the second half of that first uh, the first meeting between these two. Um, he was able to get that mid-range shot. He was able to get basically anything he wanted um, in the second half. He was 7 of 13 overall, was the leading scorer with 16, and he, he just absolutely cut up the Purdue defense. And my hope is that Painter and the coaching staff know that that is what Rutgers is going to throw at them and have figured out a better way to defend it because it certainly did not work the first time. Um, or, you know, I mean, you could you could say, hey, we're going to defend him the same way and just hope he doesn't shoot as well this time um, because that seems to be what Painter likes to do. You know, he wants to play the percentages, <laughs> wants to play the odds, um, and just hope it works out. But that can certainly be frustrating, as we saw with, uh, when Purdue and uh, IU played and Jalen hood Shafino just absolutely carved Purdue up from mid-range. Right. Yeah, and another point of, I guess, optimism for this team is this was the game where they started off so slow. They went into halftime down by 10, and that was, like, unfathomable at the time. Yeah. But Purdue hasn't done that, really. Even in the losses, they had two games, essentially, where they just came out flat in the game. It was Rutgers... And the first IU meeting. Right. So, Purdue, if they don't start out flat in that game, they do not lose that game. And I think Purdue has done a good job knowing to come out swinging more so and even hold on to a lead, even though the second halves haven't been too great. <laughs> yeah, they, we, we've held on to them, but held on to them basically like, like a two-year-old holds on to anything. Right. So... I, it's almost I. You'd almost prefer to take the first swing and then sort of be prepared for a counter punch rather than just be behind the eight ball. Oh, absolutely. And go halftime. Yeah, down by a not lot. even a question. I mean, I would rather I would rather come out punch first and then try to hang on for the next you know thirty four thirty five minutes rather than mm-hmm. get punched and have to pull myself back off the mat. Um, that pulling yourself off the mat and getting back in a game takes so much energy. And that's why so often you see teams, you know, fight all the way back um, against Purdue and then just fall short because, you know, they've expanded so much energy to get there. And it's so hard to keep that up for for so long. Um, So, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I would rather come out, you know, do the do the punch first and then hang on. Um, It may not be as you know, it may not be good for every Purdue fan's heart out there to watch games like that, but. A win at the end of the day is a win, so we'll we'll take that anytime. Right, and just keep winning. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is this is win and go home to win or go home, not win and. 
win or go home time here uh, in March. I mean, you know, it's it sucks to say, but this is the time of the year Purdue could have only two games left. You know, Purdue mm-hmm. could lose tomorrow, and then we could go into March and lose game one, and that could be the end of the season. So uh, we know that as fans. The coaching staff knows that. The players know that. So let's hope they come out and play with a sense of urgency um, and mm-hmm. really, really uh kind of get their minds right and get their shooting right before they head um, into the NCAA tournament. So do you have a prediction for this game? I mean, if it's is it going to be vengeance or is it going to be heartbreak? Um, I think this one will be vengeance. Now, I say that, but I got a 50-50 chance, apparently, for my picks for the rest of this tournament. So um, I will, I'll take Purdue, as I did in my bracket. So I... I just think they're better poised to attack a team like Rutgers and kind of exploit their defense. And they know their bread and butter. If you get the ball into Zach Eadie, you're going to be good. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Um, I didn't have this game happening, so ultimately my pick is brand new here for you all on the podcast. Um, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm picking Purdue. Um, I think the... Rutgers team we're we're going to be facing on Friday is not the same team that we played at the beginning of the conference season. Uh, they've right. really struggled a bit on offense. Their defense is going to be just as sharp, um, so that does worry me. But I really hope that Purdue can slow down either Spencer or Mulcahy just enough uh, to allow the Purdue offense to kind of push forward, get over that hump of 69, which seems to be, you know, if we get more than 69 points, we win. Um, so I, I hope that's what's going to happen tomorrow and Purdue can roll into uh, the Saturday games of the Big Ten tournament. So um, there Brandon you go. Newman had a good game. He did. Yeah, time. I was going to point that out, too. He was three for six from three. Yep. So see if he can keep that up. He's been playing well lately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having him inserted in the starting lineup might just be the juice that we need. So um, what time are you getting to uh, the United Center tomorrow? Um. I will probably be there at 9 to pick up my credentials. That's All when right. the uh, box office opens. Yeah. 9 Central, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Did they send you um, a seating chart or anything? Do you have any idea where you're sitting yet? Uh, not quite yet. They have sent me my parking pass. That's okay. about it. All right. Is the parking pass actually close to the arena or are you way far away? It's not too bad. It's it's the A lot, so if okay. or if letters dictate, right? I'm yeah, close. it should be pretty close. So, all right, that's very exciting. So, um, Ryan, we had somebody ask us about this on Twitter, and I don't think we've ever um, mentioned it on the podcast. So, you will be in the United Center for the game. Uh, if somebody wants to follow you and tweet, uh, see your tweets tomorrow, where can they find you on social media? Oh, yeah. My Twitter handle is at P-U-R-B-97. It is the same as my handle on uh, Hammer and Rails. There we go. There we go. So I just somebody pointed that out on Twitter today, and I was like, you know, I don't think we've ever actually said that. So uh, glad we could get that before you uh, are going to be tweeting from the United Center tomorrow, hopefully with a Purdue victory. And just a reminder, you are not wearing the bad luck shirt, correct? Correct. All right. There we go. That's all I needed. All right. There we go, folks. Purdue, Rutgers, noon Eastern. Let's boil her up. Hammer down. The Vengeance Tour begins.